Hi everyone, this is Leah and you are listening to What the Mind Sees, the Body Creates podcast. Brought to you by Steps to Change, the company that has in your best interest of healing the past so you can create your future on your terms. And welcome back everyone, this is Leah from Steps to Change and how are you on this most beautiful episode? How is everyone going? I hope you're doing really well, that you're loving the information I'm sharing with you that's from my book, The What the Mind Sees, The Body Feels, Creates and Attracts. Now this book came about because um, my own exploration in many ways was a documentary of the experiences that I have, not in detail, but certainly the lessons and the modalities or the techniques that I learned along my journey from suicide into who and what I am now. Along this way, I learned a lot around um, the body as well, because my base degree is a dietitian, so a medical uh, base science degree. And with that, the blessing is certainly understanding how the body responds from a biochemical or a physiological point and how, you know, the environment really does interfere also with our body functions. Now, when we double that up with psychology, um, you know, I did, I'm not a psychologist, I'll, I'll say that up front. But I have done a lot of reading, as you can imagine, and I have done a graduate certificate in counselling. So while I'm not a fully-fledged psychologist, I certainly feel I have an an insight into how the mind thinks and also the potential, especially around belief influence on not only the way we behave or what we think and feel, but how, excuse me, how also the body responds at a very unconscious underlying way. So if we put all of this together, what we have learned so far, as a summary, our beliefs are literally the subconscious interpretation of everything that we've lived through since birth and potentially before birth even. If we look at generational transference of information, so through the DNA, but also there's so many times when uh, you know, people can recall significant incidences from their grandparents or their great-grandparents' life. Now, with certainty, like from a scientific point of view, we cannot necessarily say what is going on. However, from my own experiences and working with clients through hypnotherapy, being able to go back in time in a sense or even uh, like the quantum field where everyone and everything is interlinked and this is based on the Young's theory as well of the subconscious you know the collective nature of the subconscious being in the outer field of energy so outside of our being and out in ether I like I will admit I certainly do like that theory of the collective and very much Young's ideology that everything is connected because it also does follow through with the spiritual beliefs of all the um, the first people's philosophies and also the spirit of God. So when we put all these together and overlay them and interlink them and when we start to tease through them, the commonalities are quite significant. And 
that to me personally is a fair bit of evidence that there is a lot more that we don't see because our vision is minimal you know we know that our hearing is minimal what we allow to sense is minimal too so our ability to take in data is really limited to what our current physiological um, tools are which is our five senses and our gut feeling now of course we know that some people are able to feel so much more than that and you know we call them in the psychic field those who can see and feel and hear and know things and fortunately personally i think it's a fortunate um that i have a lot of these as well there's so many instances when i've just known things or i have um, seen visions and or i've been spoken with um, by by different spirits or souls and the communication that comes with that and trust me the number of times that i've been um strangled <laughs> or hit on the head or even um you know the, the pleasure factors of life as well and so this is all reinforcing my ideas around what could be and what is very open and possible too so if we go back you know we bring all these ideas together we have the the understanding of the subconscious being similar to a filing cabinet or even the files in the computer so as the data is being processed in the evening hour when we were sleeping <clears throat> excuse me that um with that recording of the day those data files are put into folders of a similar nature and also emotional feelings the more that we have a similar theme so if we look at life as being a spectrum you know from the more challenging experiences to more pleasurable experiences where does one's predominant feel and experiences live are they more challenging or are they more pleasant and so then we know that once we develop a theme or where the spectrum sits predominantly then we almost look for for those particular similarities so if we feel that life is challenging if we believe that life is a challenging experience then we're going to find more challenges if we live more from an opti opt um, optimistic an opportunistic um, point then we're going to find more positivity and more opportunities and even though challenges come up <clears throat> we see them in a more positive light now is this learnt behavior or is this healed behavior <clears throat> i'm going to suggest it's a bit of both because again as children learn from our parents and the environment that they live in if they're surrounded more by opportunistic and positivity then they're going to grow up more often than not there's no guarantees that they'll be more open and receptive because they're coming from a secure attachment style that they believe in themselves they believe in other people they believe in teamwork they see the better in others and help collectively to bring this out so that part of the question of today then is what is dis-ease or what are the contributing factors to the body and also the mind then falling away from if we go back to the original um, indigenous people the indigenous cultures and we listen to their dream time stories again there's a very similar thread that there is a one spirit 
a significant event um, happened, part of it was either banished down to earth or the inner spirit came down to earth and helped to create the environment that we live in, you know, the mountains, the seas, the oceans and things like that. And then at a particular time, there was a dissonance between spirit and then the humanness of the creation. So with this, we also know that when times of struggle or when a person appeared to be challenged or not being true to their spirit selves, that they would have a calling in. Now, in part, this is, you know, the, the sweat huts where we're actually, you know, literally sweating out or detoxifying the demons or the energies that are not serving the body and connecting to spirit. We also have people who have been sent out into the wilderness to literally find themselves again and to call on the great spirit of protection. In our church environment, in religious um, perspective, it's constantly coming into church and calling on God to give us forgiveness of sins and come and live within our spirits again. And re-invoking, re really, having the God self being raised above and greater than the human aspects of what we live in. So the common thread through this, um, and if you look at also the other religions, you know, the Buddhism, the Sikhs, um, the old Japanese, even, you know, the old religions of the world or the old spiritualist views of the world, there is still that very much the common thread. And the self-actualization or the process of uh, ascension is really around coming back into spirit, coming back to the holy space of everything. So when there is an agitation, it is, in theory, it is because we're moving away from that holiness, which is just pure love. You know, the God self, we, from a religious point of view, is love. When we look at um, the indigenous cultures, it is that spirit that lives within that connects to everything else. And when there are things that are not in accordance to its will, because it only wants love, good things, things to be connected and respected and nurtured and working cooperatively, when things are not going to that energetic plan, then there is a dis-ease. So if you look at the language, you know, dis being negative, ease being flow, then there is an unflowingness of our spirit, of our energy, of our beliefs, of our life, according to a greater plan. And this is where it becomes very interesting. So the theory then comes down to that when we're having dis-ease in the body, is that there's a feeling of heaviness and the social pain of that. Now, modern psychology or current psychology is really suggesting that a lot of our mental illnesses and therefore the associated physical illnesses is really a disconnection from ourselves and also disconnect from others. So not having a safe zone to come back to either within our own psychology, within our own emotional states, or that we haven't been able to easily um, develop really safe, nurturing, healthy relationships within family units or partnerships or friendships. And so if we don't have a sense of safety, then we, it's not easy to stay resilient all the time for ourselves, especially when life does challenge us. You know, that's the other part of humanness is that we are to develop and remind ourselves 
or how far we've come from spirit and love and which is our beliefs being proven so along with this when disease is lodging in our body so we have a symptom and if we ignore it or we don't address it then it can become a full full flown disease it could become a heart attack it could come diabetes or cancer or rheumatoid arthritis and autoimmune disease and if you look at the energetics of this and you know there's many books around this concept um, the most recent is the body keeps score which is a trauma studies and how the body literally remembers the trauma response in that moment of disconnect when a serious mental psychological impact has happened and part of the brain body disconnects literally stops and in a sense cuts through the information to keep the mind safe because there's just too much information overload and so with trauma the research that is coming out is that it does disassociate disconnects it does cause dysfunction in the natural flow of a healthy neural system so the nervous system and we also know from stress studies that an underlying chronic or long-term stress response alters physiology to the negative so our stress response is the cortisol you know the first quick bunch is adrenaline which is helping us to fight if we need to but long term it is very draining and it causes disruption in the nervous system in the hormonal system digestive system puts a lot of stress on the heart um, in the immune system is compromised as well so the stress response on an everyday basis running from the the background programming of trauma or, or limiting beliefs or beliefs that are expecting us to have this type of lifestyle or our behavior should look like you know running 40 hours a week then some um you know having high stress positions is a, a status symbol or having less emotional positive attachments is a negative and so we create, in a sense, a drama state, a trauma state in everyday living because we're living up to our internal beliefs of what success looks like. <clears throat> and again, in many ways, it goes against the natural spiritual laws of flow, love, connection, abundance, supporting each other. <clears throat> oh, I don't know what's going with my throat today. You know all that really positive nurturing loving space we also know that when people are hurt hurt people hurt others and so when again in life challenging situations happen especially from our trusted ones or our loved ones that very steep sense of betrayal and rejection abandonment and insults can be felt and again like everything else there's many aspects to this and so in one part it asks us to check in where our belief systems are being lived from or through and demonstrated where in our past has we have we felt betrayal rejection abandonment there will be a time in our early childhood or the genetic line through our families and so we can use this to our betterment of healing and also forgiveness of self family line but also forgiveness to others and then recreate that whole sense of love and safety to the world and the collective not easy certainly not easy because when we 
are needing to self-protect emotionally or physically, then not only do we shut down that part of our psyche, but we shut down the available emotional spectrum. So if we shut down, for instance, to protect against pain, then we also tend to protect against joy because we don't want to get close to people again. So in the armor creation, we put the armor around all of us, not just selectively, we're not just for this type of behavior, but we become wary against everything and we get suspicious and then we want to protect and so we don't want to get close and so then we don't allow in the good as much as the bad. So again, the other way of coping, like we know our coping mechanisms are very interesting at times. And when we are in distress, you know, it's extremely rare, rare for a person just to naturally choose to go and sit in nature unless they've learned to do that or they've figured out that this helps them to feel better. But the majority, and again, it's possibly a culturally taught belief or action that when you're stressed, you drink or we do pleasure-seeking activities to the detriment of our body. So this could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be avoidance, so um, excessive TV time, um, you know, partying hard, sleeping through, shopping to the point of shopaholics, um, total distraction, maybe in gambling, looking for that high, you know, even risk-taking behavior, being um, bulletproof and then testing the physical boundaries of reality all in a sense to get that pleasure hit because we've shut down so much and the only way at times to get past the armor is to really amp up the environmental emotional responses to an extreme point so you can imagine then if we're constantly running on high energy or even high risk choices or nutrient demanding practices like high stress situations, alcohol, drugs, poor food choices, little exercise or over exercise, even which is another distraction technique often used. And we're not eating correctly for our situation or our nutrient needs or our, our physiological um, stage of life then over time, the body really does struggle and it escalates. You know, we know from science that gut health is responsive to stress too. Gut health directly influences brain health and mental health. So that's a whole linked in dichotomy of what comes first and what is a response. And so by bringing all of this together, literally looking at our beliefs, what should our life look, feel, and behave like? What activities should we be doing? What looks like success? What looks like happiness? What looks like, um, you know, what is normal according to your historic rules and really what you'd like it to be? What does self-esteem feel like for you? Is it the prestige? Is it really feeling okay within yourself? Is it constantly looking the part or needing to have? So when we start to look at our beliefs around what should be, then we can start to deep dive and say, okay, well, how far from that is self-love, self-acceptance, self-appreciation and deep 
honest connection with ourselves and also others in our immediate connections. And if there isn't, then there is a potential risk of discord. And discord presents as agitation, anxiety, possibly depression, symptoms, unexplained aches and pains, joint issues, autoimmune diseases is a big one, food intolerances, gut issues, so IBS, um, sinus reactions as well because the immune system is being triggered, food choices, so looking at your food profiles, your common choices of food, are they supportive, are they nurturing, do they actually feed the body or they demand nutrients to process and detox them through? What's your downtime? Do you actually self-care or do you use your downtime from um, life expectancies to play harder still? Or do you give yourself permission to have legitimate down, relaxation, recoup, re-rest, reset time for your biology and also your thinking to come back to a state of contentment, love, gratitude, peace, joy. So only you can answer these types of questions. And if you are finding that you are stressed more often than not, that you are agitated, you're anxious, you're depressed, that you have a background program that's compromising your ability to love yourself, to love another, to connect deeply with, with your loved ones and your family, then get help. And I don't say that flippantly, I mean that with sincerity. Learn the skills that is required. And this is the big thing, you know, and I say this because this is what I needed to do. And when you talk with others who have been in a similar situation, the common message is take time out and really learn what it is important to you, where your values sit, where your belief systems really, really want to be. And then from that space of truth and alignment and on purpose and living from mission and living from love, that is the solution to having a good quality of life. So there we go. A bit of history, a bit of reminder, a bit of reflection. Now, a lot of this is in the book. Okay, so this is where all this information is coming from. The next episode talks more around, you know, the physiological changes that really do happen and how other ways our bodies get screwed up but in our environment and some of the choices that are sometimes out of our, um, our circle of influence or control. Because we know that there's lots of environmental toxins, for instance, that certainly do interfere with our body physiology and our emotional states too. So I hope you've enjoyed this rather challenging or potentially challenging episode, but that's the good thing because it's when we start to challenge our own beliefs that we can start to make internal changes to create external changes in our life. And I honestly do think only when we do that, do we self-reflect and choose from a place of honest appreciation or what we really would like to have happen and living from a space of love, living from a space, space of alignment with, with truth, which is love and God and the universal laws, that life does really become the biggest blessing and experience. Alrighty, 
As usual, please share, leave a comment. You know, if this um, makes an impact, maybe from buy the books and certainly read up on or learn from so many different masters out there so that you can really take control of your life in a positive, healthy way by your choice, not from your parents or your partners or your siblings or society or the boss, but from your choices so that you live a life that actually means something to you because you've chosen to do it. Yes, it may still be in alignment with others choices as well but coming from an actual choice this is who I choose to be this is how I choose to express that and this is how I choose to live Alrighty, everyone have a fantastic day still or night wherever you are around the world and yep connect www.steps2change.com.au and I will see you in the next episode ciao for now